Well, I want to welcome you again here this morning. Before we get started, I want to share a couple of things very quickly. If over the last few weeks you have asked Jesus Christ into your heart, every Sunday straight after the 11 o'clock service, we serve lunch in the multi-purpose room next door here. And we run a short course called Following Jesus. If you're one of those people who raised your hand and came out the front, you asked Jesus in your life, we want to give you a free Bible. We want to give you a free study book so that we could help you get grounded in your faith in Jesus Christ. This is so, so important. If you have never done a Young Believers or New Christian course, we want to introduce you personally to the Holy Spirit we want to take you further in the Word of God. We want to make sure we give you an absolutely fantastic foundation as a young Christian. And so uh, I encourage you, you could join up today. There's no cost. We feed you for free all the materials, the books, the Bible cover that you get at graduation is all free. And uh, I encourage you this Sunday straight after church. Uh, just join us. There's plenty of food. If you didn't plan on doing it today, then join us next Sunday. The beauty is that we set this up so that you could just come in any given Sunday and hook in with the rest of the class until you've gone through the seven lessons. Awesome. Well, I think we ought to Concentrate now on our guests. It is my privilege, it is my honor to introduce to you two people that are in the group of my best friends. I got to know them a good maybe eight years ago or so, and uh, we have gotten really, really close. I love these guys. I love what their life is about. Would you stand and welcome Pastor Sid and Dr. Tom Renfro? Come on. Thank you, church. Thank you, guys. It's so good to have you. Uh, one of the things that I really love is, uh, Doc, I'm going to put you on the side for just a second. Sure. And I love hearing the stories when Sid tells me about her dad and how they grew up. Your dad grew up in moonshine country, right. up in the Appalachian Mountains. Right. And uh, he was illiterate, right? And uh, his daddy would make moonshine and all of that. And your father's family had a visitation from God. Yes. They were atheists. Uh, never been to church. Never heard a gospel song. Never heard a prayer. My dad became very ill. And he heard a voice to tell him to pray. He, he didn't know what to say. And he, he, said, he said four or five little words. And he came leaping out of the bed running around under the presence of the Lord and could not stop. And his family knew that this was miraculous because he had been turned in a bed sheet for 42 days. Wow. He, his feet had not touched the floor. He hadn't eaten. He was just a bag of bones. He was dying uh, very soon. And he heard a voice. Yes. In the middle of moonshining country. Yeah. yeah. You see, this is what I love about God. Religion looks down its nose the moment we fail or we've got a messed up life, 
But here's God going to the Appalachian Mountains to people that are uneducated, breaking the law, getting drunk on a regular basis, helping everybody else get drunk. Right. And he finds a little boy terminally ill, 42 days, hadn't touched the ground, hadn't been out of bed, never heard the name Jesus except as a swear word. Right. And God starts a relationship with that little boy who ends up being your daddy. Right. Isn't that incredible? Look, that alone is worth bragging on God. That's how much he cares about you. Your life is important to him. Come on, give him a praise offering. That's good. Now, as a result of that miracle, uncles and aunts, they all started asking Jesus in their heart. It started a revival up there. Right, and it took about three months to build a, a church structure in the yard. So in that three months, every night, they moved the furniture out, and they had church until late at night. Uh, it, it took that long for all the people to be prayed for and receive healing, and it's still a vibrant work, 90 years strong, uh, hundreds still coming on that uh, mountain every week, uh, a lot of ministries going forth Fantastic. from one little boy, yeah. one little boy. Now, your dad grew up, became a preacher. He became right. a prophet. He could see things in the spirit, right. prayed for many sick people, and they got healed, yes. delivered. Yes. See, this segment today is about the awesome heritage of growing up and knowing that God still does miracles. Yes. We could still lay our hands on people's bodies and say, in the name of Jesus, be healed. Yes. Absolutely. Religion wants to tell you that's not for today. Well, I want to ask you a question. What would you think of a God who only did miracles because he wanted to promote his gospel and then decided, I don't really care about people. I'm not doing miracles anymore. Because that's what religion wants you to believe. The God we believe in is the same yesterday, today, right. and forever. Really? He healed in Jesus' day because he loved people. And he heals today because he loves people. people. Amen. That God deserves to be celebrated. Yes. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. So you grew up, saw many miracles, and then you married this handsome specimen of a human being. I'm blessed. <laughs> Isn't it good to have friends like me? Thank you, They'll Pastor. say anything Thank just you, to Pastor. maintain a friendship. Now, he is an incredible man, a doctor, a medical doctor, oversees two clinics, a very, very educated man, Three but clinics. best of all, how many? Three. Three. Do you want to brag on yourself or you want me to brag? <laughs> they added another one to me since I've been here. <laughs> I love you. Head of three clinics. I didn't realize that. Awesome. But what I also love is he's so down to earth, a regular guy. And, Doc, we're going to turn to your story now, and we're going to talk about the fact that a point in your life, after you accepted Jesus in your heart, you were diagnosed with a very rare form of cancer. What was it? Tell us your story. I was a young Christian at that time. I was believing in God. We were attending Bible study. We were growing in the faith, like you were talking about. And uh, 
All at once, I found a mass on the back of my neck. A month later, eventually I had a biopsy, and it turned out to be a very malignant, aggressive, and lethal tumor called mantle cell lymphoma. Now, there's a lot of different varieties of lymphoma, but this is one of the worst because it is so aggressive and it's so resistant to any therapy that they want to give. I was telling Pastor here just a, a few minutes ago. Yes, earlier. Yeah, yeah. I did some research looking into mantle cell a few years ago, and I went to the uh, medical database in Denmark because it's a socialist country, and all the records, every diagnosis is entered into a computer base. So when they looked at mantle cell lymphoma, it didn't matter what stage it was diagnosed, stage one, two, three, or four, it didn't matter what therapy they went through, within five years, all the people were dead. Every one of them. No Every one survived. One no survivors. And this was just a few years ago. No matter what they did. Yeah. You know, there was, there was, there's so many limits to science, but we serve a God that's unlimited. We have one that has all power, and he will direct our steps, and he will bring us naturally, supernaturally into healing, Pastor. You know, last year, September last year, Doc and Sid hosted hundreds of pastors from around America, and they put on a healing conference. It was their celebration of being cancer-free for 25 years. Amen. Amen. God hears, God cares, and God comes to the rescue. So you got this diagnosis. What did they tell you? Was it curable? Did they have any hope? What did they tell you? Well, in 1996 was when the diagnosis came. I went back to where I went to medical school at the University of Virginia. There I saw one of the head of the oncology department who was probably one of the world-renowned experts on lymphoma at that time. And he confirmed the diagnosis, he looked at the slides, and he came into the room and he said, you've got this disease, we confirm it, but there's not anything we can do to cure you. We can give you chemotherapy, it may knock it back. We've tried bone marrow transplants and stem cell har harvesting techniques, and the tumor has marched right through. He said, you're functional right now, go home and live. And what he was telling me, Pastor, was go home and live with what time you've got left. So we left the University of Virginia, traveled back 300 miles back into the mountains. And the first place we stopped before we went home was at the church. Because I wanted to find out, what does God have to say about this? Yeah. How can I incorporate my faith into this battle of this physical yeah sickness in my life so medically speaking they diagnose you with stage four right that that's the worst it could be evidence of disease in my neck under my arms in my abdomen and already into the bone marrow there is no medical cure right at best chemo would have knocked it back a little right. bit so they didn't even end up giving you chemo initially no correct no so what did you and Sid do? You got this horrendous news. People get horrendous news all the time. Yes. 
you got a miracle, we want to know what were the steps that brought you to the place of a miracle. How many of you want to know the steps to a miracle? Absolutely. And there are always answers in God's word. What did you guys do? Proverbs 3 and 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. And that was one of the prayers that I prayed. I said, Father, wherever I go, whatever I do, have the right person at the right place at the right time with the right stuff to do the right thing. Yeah. And I found him faithful in that prayer. Doc, we're going to do something because I want everything that you're about to say to really have greater relevance to the hearing uh, audience. And so I want to show some video where we will literally see golf ball size, multiple golf ball size tumors in your neck, soft ball size tumors under your arms, and a basketball size tumor in your belly. Yeah. So we're going to dim the lights on the platform and we're going to show this video. Healing is here. Healing is here. And I receive it. Healing is here.
One of the things I, I love about you, and it's evident in this video, and that is here you are riddled with tumors bulging out of your body. And if I'm not mistaken, earlier in that video you were preaching. What were you preaching? We were preaching healing. <laughs> you see, I believe the Word of God. Yes. And what God says, I believe. God introduced Himself. To Abraham, and he said, I'm El Shaddai, I'll be your provider. Yeah. When he led the children of Israel out of Egypt, three days out into the desert, they came upon the bitter waters of Myra. There the waters were poisoned, and they were full of salts, making them sick when they drank it. And there he declared himself, Jehovah Rapha. Jehovah Rapha. That's the same sound that a loom makes as you're cinching the cloth back together. And Jehovah Rapha means, I am the one that mends you and stitches you back together. Wow. I am your Praise healer. God. I am your healer. How awesome. I believe that. So we studied that and we declared it. And we had the church praying for us. Yeah. Believe in God, surrounding ourselves, our family with people that would encourage us and speak the word of God into yeah. us. Because God, that word is powerful. What I love about this is this is a picture of faith. Faith is an invisible thing. And often people have trouble qualifying and defining what faith is. This is a picture of faith. Your body's telling you you've got cancer. It's incurable. You're going to die. He was wasting away before your eyes. But yet, rather than confessing what you see with your eyes and what you hear from medical science, you kept confessing the word of God, God is your healer. Church, right. it is very important that we understand the anatomy of faith. Not everyone had faith when Jesus walked through the pages of the Gospels. Not everyone came to him believing to be healed. But those who did were healed. You exercised faith. And faith is being absolutely convinced that God is so good that if he said he'll do it, he will do it. Come on, give the Lord a round Amen. of applause. I'd like to add something to that. And I experienced exactly what you were saying. As a physician... We were standing, believing in faith. My wife was speaking the words over us, reading the scriptures to us. Pastors were coming by, reading the word of God to us. And in my mind as a physician, I knew I was dying. I was in multi-organ failure. I'd had blood clots, pulmonary embolisms. My kidneys were shutting down. My bone marrow was shutting down. I couldn't eat. I was malnourished. I was swelling up just from the lack of nutrition. I was bedridden, couldn't get up. Bed sores developing on my backside. 
And the devil speaking into my life and say, you're a physician for God's sakes. Why do you hold on to this notion that God's going to heal you? <laughs> you are dying. That was one side of the highway. On the other side of the yellow line was the word of God that said, I shall live and not die and yeah, declare the word of the Lord. Come on. On the come other on. side of the highway was be of good cheer. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be yeah. not dismayed, for I am thy God. I'll help thee. I'll strengthen thee. I'll uphold thee with my right hand. There was a 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Yeah. So what would happen? I would weave down the highway in my faith walk. In my flesh, it would pull me over here. But what would bring me back into the power and the presence of God is the Word of God Amen. when I started thinking about the things yep. and the goodness of God. And you will weave in yep. this journey. But I tell you what, you stand strong on the Word of God. Let Him take care of that. That's right. My job was not to take care of my physical being. That's His job. Amen. My job's to take care of Him. Yeah. And as I take care of Him, He'll take care of me. Yeah. Yeah, amen. Hallelujah. Awesome. Amen. And Sid, I'm sure your emotions were all over the place. And like we said in the earlier service, you would have to take your emotions, they're riddled with what you see, and you'd have to bring your emotions back into agreement with what the Word of God says. Yes, and there are people in this room today, Pastor, I hear the Spirit saying, you're going to need to be the strong man for someone who is battling sickness and disease. You're going to need to be the one to have a word of faith. You're going to need to be the one to hear from heaven when they are too weak to hear from heaven. So today in the name of Jesus, yes. I just release an anointing in this house yes. for all of you to be supercharged. Amen. To be touched in your spirit. That arise. when you see someone battling that rises up in you. And you have the power within you to step up for the moment, to step up to the situation, and to release life in the Speak name of life. Jesus. Speak life, Speak release life. life, and believe life. I don't care what the body looks like. I don't care what the circumstances look like. I feel the power of God is going forth today, touching your spirit, and you're going to be endued with power from on high yes. to pray for the sick, yes. and they shall recover. Yes. Amen. Let it be, Lord. Yes. Amen. So let me break that down for the uninitiated. If you, this is new to you, she's prophesied by the Spirit of God, and she's saying that the power and the Spirit of God is on you. And if people in your life come to a place of a crisis, don't be afraid. Lay hands on them just like Jesus did, just like the disciples did, just like the Bible teaches us to do. You be the vehicle of God's power. Don't just come and watch a miracle. Be part of a miracle when situations arise in your life. Amen. I want to add something here, Pastor. My dad was, was an elderly man. Doc was really dying one night, and I was exhausted. And I thought, if my dad, if I could just call my dad, but he was elderly, and I didn't want to awaken him. It was around midnight. 
All of a sudden, on my back porch, I heard my dad's succinct, distinctive footsteps. And I knew he had come to help me. And he walked in the door and he said, the Holy Ghost told me the doctor's in trouble. He said, I'm here to stand between the doctor and death. Now, my dad is a, is a small frame man, not a big man, but he looked like the Incredible Hulk. When the Holy <laughs> Ghost empowered him and he walked up to the foot of the bed and yeah. he said, Doctor, death will have to come through me to take you tonight. Come and on. instantly, instantly, the power of God came in that room and he got better. Yeah. That's right. Awesome. Breath awesome. came back in. Yeah. Fantastic. Now, we're going to talk about another miracle in a second, but I want to conclude this. Christmas was two weeks away. Before you got your healing, the doctor said, I'm going to give you a baby dose of chemo. Hopefully, it'll help you to live long enough that you will live the next two weeks so you could have your last Christmas with your wife and your family. That's right. What happened? Went into the hospital, and the physician came in and said, we're going to try to get, do something to temporize, to give you just to hopefully knock it back enough for you to live to Christmas. And I, I said, okay, that's what I'm here for. Lord, you direct these guys. I'm going to stand in faith with you. On December 3rd of 1997, they came in with some second-line agents, just something to try to temporize, just to bring me a little bit longer to live. And God took that like the rock that David threw at Goliath. Yes. And suddenly, this massive tumor, just like Goliath, fell down. Masses that were hard like apples softened up. Like sponges, like Nerf balls. Now you said in the morning, in the 9 a.m. service, that even before yes. the fluid got into you, yes. the tumors went from hard to Nerf ball soft. Right. Pliable. Soft. So the medication, the chemo no. didn't even get to you. No. And it, it was, was a baby right, dose, right? It was right then. <laughs> and all at once, it started shrinking literally in front of your eyes and and I often wondered about that God can heal anywhere he can do it at any point in time but he chose to do it for me in that hospital and it wasn't for me pastor over 300 doctors and nurses witnessed a miracle that wow. day and it forever changed a life amen amen not amen. only did he save my life at that day but he changed the eternities of a medical community. Yeah, that is phenomenal, phenomenal. Sid, you grew up seeing many, many miracles, uh, starting from when your dad was a little boy and he, God touched him and called him. There are people here, God wants to touch you today. He wants to call you. He wants to have relationship with you. We're going to show a short video of a miracle a man who had a tumor growing out the side of his face. You guys prayed for him, and God healed him. We're going to dim the lights. Watch this miracle. In November 2020, Geraldine Baker's husband, David, started having constant nosebleeds. Doctors removed a polyp from his sinus cavity. 
But soon after, things got worse. When his face began to swell, I thought he's got an infection. And I told him we need to contact the doctor quickly. The results of a CT scan shocked the family. David's brother-in-law, Chuck Denny, was there. They told him he had stage four nasal cavity melanoma. The options they gave him, they said, surgery wasn't an option because the facial disfigurement would be too massive. They told us that, that there was really nothing that they could do. Chemo wasn't for that type that he had. I'd never seen anybody heal of cancer. Every time I heard the word cancer, it was a death sentence. And I feel like, unless God moved, I feel like David would, you know, he wasn't gonna make it. You know, my first thought was in my teaching is that we need to move into a fast and seek God and see God heal him. David's face rapidly swelled to the point where he couldn't eat or see out of his right eye. His condition just kept getting worse, but the prayers at that point, we didn't see much. This was swelling inside of his mouth as fast as it was on the outside and he, he couldn't hardly eat. It, it was just terrible, and we knew that we were facing a horrible storm in life. On Easter morning, Dr. Tom Renfro and his wife, Sid, were visiting their church for a special prayer service. Remembering her husband's own miraculous healing from cancer, Sid was moved with compassion to pray for David. When I prayed for David, I. I don't touch people's head. I, I normally just touch their shoulders, but I did touch his face because I, I wanted to be very specific and very direct. I prayed a prayer that my dad had prayed. By this time, tomorrow, this side of your face will look like this side of your face because that prayer had worked for my dad. The day after Easter, something amazing happened. He said, there's a change in my face. Do you see it? I said, I've already seen it. I looked at my wife and I said, I see a change in my face. She said, I do too, but I was afraid to say anything. So we decided to go eat with her family again. And we said, well, let's just see what they have to say. And they all seen me and they said, it, that thing's shrinking. And, and it was just a matter of days, it was gone. David's tumor vanished and doctors later confirmed he is now cancer-free. The Bakers are forever thankful to God for answering their prayers. Amen. In November. Amen. Amen. That's the God we serve. Uh, Sid, that tumor was equally as big inside his mouth. The roots were going through his jaw and his teeth. You said, this time tomorrow. Was that Easter last year? Two years ago. Two years ago. And the very next day, his whole family saw a decrease, and that thing completely disappeared. Yes. Come on, church. Yes. God is bigger God. than science. Yes. <laughs> we want you to live a life where this is normal. God wants you to live a life where this is normal. There's something that God does naturally, and it's called the supernatural. 
And if God is involved in our lives, the most natural thing to happen in our lives is the supernatural of God. Expect miracles. Expect God to intervene. Expect God to touch you. He loves you that much. He doesn't love them more than he loves anybody else. The Bible says God is no respecter of person. What that means is he's not prejudiced. He doesn't favor white people over black people or black people over brown people. No, God loves all of us, and to prove it, he paid the same price to save you as he paid for anyone else. In God's heart, you're worth it, you're worth it, you're worth it, you're worth it. Amen. These are incredible miracles. Come on, one more time. Let's put our hands together and praise the Lord. This is phenomenal. I love the fact that this has been very much just a normal part of your life, Sid, and uh, you grew up in this. And I thank God that my parents grew me up the same way. Pastor Steve talked about in the praise and worship service how he's raising his kids to believe and He's my son-in-law, my daughter. Their, their young family is already testimony to incredible miracles. God even raising their newborn from the dead. Yes. Listen to me, church. This isn't a show. This isn't another edition of Miracles Happens. What is this about? This is about taking God's kids from one level of faith to another, to another to another. Expect miracles. Why? Understand who God is, and when you understand who God is and how much he cares about us, the most natural thing to do is to expect miracles. God heals because God loves. Can I get an agreement? Amen. Amen. Would you all stand with me? Doc, would you stand with me? I don't know what brought you here today. Maybe it's your first time. Maybe it's your fourth time. Your tenth time. Everyone just listen. Look at me. Sometimes we become comfortable in the fact that we go to church well, I grew up Baptist, or I grew up Catholic, and I was baptized as an infant, and, you know, uh, uh, I, I'm Presbyterian. Listen to me. Uh, repeat after me. I, I, I will not, will not, not take, offense. take offense. Religion cannot save you. All right? Jesus didn't come preaching a brand of religion. He came preaching the heart of God. At the end of his days, just before he was crucified, he prayed and he said, Father, I have revealed you to them. What Christianity is supposed to be, not a religion, it's supposed to be a revelation and a relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ. God wants you to experience him daily and God being everything that he is he wants to be supernatural in your natural life 
expect miracles because when you expect a miracle, you are expecting God. Amen. We need a Christianity today that looks like the early church. Can I get an agreement? Amen. Amen. We need to push our religion aside and just become raw and authentic and real and say, I want the God of the Bible showing up in my life every day. The Bible says that the only way we could have a relationship with God is through Jesus Christ. God so loves this messed up, crazy, broken world made up of broken people. He loves it so much that one day he said, I am going to become flesh and I'm going to walk amongst them. Humanity's under a curse. They don't understand it, but they're under a curse because of sin. And I will become one of them and I will pay the price to break the curse and I will offer myself on a Roman crucifixion Jesus Christ came to earth and died on that cross for a reason if he just wanted to start a religion he gave us enough good teaching in the gospels that we have enough wise sayings we could have a religion after all that's how every other religion's made up. He didn't come to create a religion. He came to do something that no human being could do. God in the flesh died on the cross to pay the price for every mistake you and I have ever made. Our sins have opened up a demonic world and that demonic world comes to curse us. But if we accept Jesus Christ as God and if we accept him into our lives and say I want relationship with you that's what he's looking for he says the moment people do that then everything I did on the cross will go into their account they will be forgiven of their sins they will become sons and children and daughters of God. And all the benefits of the kingdom of God automatically become their rights as sons and children and daughters of God. Citizens of the kingdom of God on earth. A religious leader in Jesus' day, Nicodemus, his name was, he said, Jesus, what do I do to get to heaven? And Jesus said, Nicodemus, the same way you were born in the natural and you came out of your mom's womb as a baby, you need to be born a second time spiritually. You need to have a spiritual rebirth. Religion can't do that for you. I don't care how many times they sprinkle you as a baby. I don't care how many times they baptize you as an adult. My church cannot save you. Jesus can. It's when we accept Jesus Christ and welcome him into our lives. Listen, God's telling me there are some really broken, hurting people here today. He stopped me in the middle of the service. 
I said there's a couple of men in particular that feel like there's no way in the world God would ever want to have anything to do with you. And God stopped me and told me to tell you that's a lie. Friend, I don't care how broken you are. I don't care what you've done. I don't, I don't care what's been done to you. It doesn't disqualify you. Jesus said this. I stand at the door of people's awareness. I stand at the door of opportunity. I stand at the door of their logic. I stand at the door of their heart. And I will knock. And every one of us have had opportunities in our lives. God moments where God caught our attention. Today he's catching your attention. Today the Spirit of God is knocking on your heart. And the question is this, Jesus said, if anyone, anyone will open that door, I will come in. Let's break that down. Anyone, it doesn't matter where you've been or what you've been through. There's only one thing that qualifies us. To open the door is to say, Jesus, I'm accepting you, come into my house. Isn't it amazing that for as messed up as the world is, God brings a solution that's so simple. It's almost too simple. It's childlike. And you know what Jesus said? Unless you have faith like a little child, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. So I'm asking you today to have faith like a little child. I don't care what you've been through. I care about you but it doesn't disqualify you. God loves you. And today, right now, even through the sound of my voice, Jesus is knocking on your heart and he's saying, will you open the door? Will you accept me? Do you know for Jesus to say, will you accept me, means he's already willing to accept you. To not open the door, is to say, as broken as I am, I don't have time for you. God has time for you. That's really why you're here today. He brought you here. I'm going to ask everyone to close their eyes with me right now. And I want to challenge you today. Come on, don't resist that knocking at your door. You know it. You know it. I don't have to convince you. You can feel it. Something weird, something strange is going on. There's a tugging on your emotions right now. Jesus loves you. And he wants to have a relationship with you. And he wants to start to put the pieces back together again. Everyone that's here today, if you have never asked Jesus Christ into your heart, today's the time to open the door and say, I accept you. If you did that years ago and you've walked away and you've renounced him. Jesus told a story about you. It's called the prodigal son. It's time to come home because the father's waiting for you. With every eye closed right now, I'm talking to everyone that the spirit of God is knocking on your heart. You're ready to open that door. Raise your hand. Come on. Come on. Raise that hand. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you, sir. I see you. Did you raise your hand? All right. Someone else? Raise your hand again. If you haven't already, thank you. 
Up the back there, I see that hand. Awesome, incredible, fantastic. There's about four or five that have raised their hand. Church, let them know what you think about someone who says yes to Jesus. Yes. Come on, Doc. Look, I didn't tell them to clap. I said, let them know what you think about them. You know why? Because every person who clapped did exactly what you did. And today they have a relationship with God. They have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And they're excited that you just started a journey that they have already been on. That's right. Proud of you. Good stuff. Sir, proud of you. Good stuff. I love it when men, especially guys like you, big guys, guys like you, you've been around. Look at me, both of you. I know other people raise their hand. You're going to think I'm a wacko, but I'm going to tell you, I stopped here because God started to talk to me about you and you. Thank you. And both of you think that you would never be good enough for God to be interested in you. Am I right? Do you think like that? God told me that. I saw you and I saw you. Do you think like that? Have those thoughts ever gone through your mind? Yeah. And God purposely told me, these two guys really believe that I couldn't want them and be interested in them. And everyone else that raised your hand today, this isn't religion. This is God wanting to touch the world. Hi, how are you? I saw you raise your hand a couple of weeks when your dad came down the front. Give me five. Proud of you. What's your name? What? Nicole? Good on you, Nicole. I know you didn't walk out the front with dad, but I, I saw you. Good on you, girl. Good to see you. Johnny, right? Johnny. See, people are important. That's why we remember names. If you ask Jesus in your heart today, if you raised your hand, Come on, I want you to step out of the aisle and come on down, Doc and I and Sid, we want to pray for you right now. Everyone who raised your hand, come on. Yeah, give them a big round of applause. Thank you, Jesus. Good on you, buddy. What's your name? Vic. Man, I felt the muscles. Here, feel my muscle. It's bigger than yours. Good on you, Vic. I love it when men come to Jesus. Women, I love it when women do, but men often think that Christianity is for pansies, for wusses. And when I see men, tough guys, asking Jesus in their heart, listen, we're thick-headed as men. (laughs) But you know something's happening when men are asking Jesus in their heart. I think there was one or two more that raised their hand. Would you do this for me? I want every one of you to be an evangelist. First key to be an evangelist, be soft, be respectful, be gentle. Turn to the person next to you and say, would you like to go out the front? I'll come with you. Go on, turn to them, even if you know them. I don't care if it's your mother, your father, your son. Right. Offer to come with them. Who else? Come on, here they come. Good on you, lady. Who's bringing who? You're bringing him? 
He's bringing you? Awesome. Come on. This isn't church. This isn't religion. This is God's broadcast to have relationship with people. They're still coming. Come on, keep coming. Keep coming. Do you know how happy God is right now? This is what he lives for. That sounds funny. This is what he lives for, but it is. It's what he died for. This is awesome. Finally making that decision. Good girl. Praise God. Proud of you. Good girl. They're going to pray for you in just a moment. Amen. Are you asking Jesus in your heart? You can stay seated. That's all right. He's already there. You're making a fresh commitment. You want healing? They're going to pray for you in just a moment. What's your name? D. D? Good. My name's Rob. God bless you. God loves you, D. God loves you. D, not only does he want to heal you of the physical things, as I held your hand just then, God said, tell her I want to heal the turmoil that's been inside of her. Well, does that apply to you? So I'm not off the deep end. As soon as I held your hand, he said, I want to tell her I want to heal even the turmoil. He didn't tell me what it is. He kept that private. That's between you and him. But D, he wants you to know <laughs> those things that have torn you apart on the inside emotionally, not one tear has been unnoticed. And he said... Let her know I want to heal the turmoil as well. He loves you, D. He loves you. This is the God that I'm crazy about. This is the God that I love. The God who will always love us more than we could ever love him. That's right. A God who will do supernatural things to reach natural people. Everyone who, of you who... Raised your hand. We're going to pray. Now, you guys look like you're facing the firing squad. <laughs> so do this. I don't want you to face the firing squad. Come forward two feet and then turn around so that they see the back of your head. That's it. That's it. Otherwise, you look like you're going to be a victim. You're not a victim. Good on you. So proud of you. I want everyone here to repeat this prayer. I want those of you out the front to repeat this prayer. Good on you, Vic. Yeah. Proud of you. How did you get here today? Who told you about this place? Desperation. That is an honest answer and a good answer. I'm going to tell you what I just heard God say. Tell him you're willing to be his friend. Not many have been a true friend. And God just told me to tell him that I'm willing to be your friend. Vic, if you want help, I'll help you. Now I'm going to ask you an honest question. And you can tell on me. I'm going to ask you, does that make sense to you and does it resonate with you? Yes? Yes? It makes sense? And it resonates with you. Yes. I'll be there for you. God told me to tell you that. Amen. This is pretty incredible stuff. You're having a God encounter right now. 
You can feel the presence of God. Something feels different inside of you already. Am I saying the truth? If I'm, if I'm lying, if I'm making it up, call me out. Something feels different inside of you already. I know the moment I looked at you, I saw it. I could hear what you were thinking. It's all right. God doesn't tell me everything you're thinking. But you're having a God moment. I want everyone to repeat this prayer, and those of you especially out the front. So sorry, Doc. Repeat after me. Close your eyes. Dear God, I believe you love me. I know you love me. Help me to love you the way you love me. Jesus Christ, I believe you are God. You died on that cross because of my sin. You paid the price for me. I accept. I open the door and I receive you, Jesus Christ, come into my life, live with me, live in me, and forgive me of all my sins. Thank you, Jesus, for accepting me long before I accepted you. Thank you, God, for loving me. Amen. Amen. Now I'm going to pray a prayer. You see, God gives us spiritual power and authority. And the Bible says that before we get born again, the bad guy, he's got a kingdom filled with a lot of bad demons. You've seen a demon, haven't you? Yeah, I saw it just now. You know I'm telling the truth. You've seen them. Yeah. And the Bible says that when we ask Jesus into our heart, God takes us out of the kingdom of demons into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. We're going to pray. I'm going to say a prayer. I'm going to break Satan's power off your life. I'm going to tell those demons they have no right to you anymore. Today you are washed in the blood that Jesus shed on that cross. That might sound yucky, but what it means is his blood paid the price for you. You're free. Now, Father, I thank you for the power and the authority you have given me in Jesus' name. And I direct this conversation to demons in the name of Jesus you foul, oppressing spirits that have come against these men and these women. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, I sever your tie and your connection and your manipulation and your torment over these souls. In Jesus' name, they are covered by the blood of the Son of God. And today just as they are right now, today. They belong to my Father. They are sons and daughters of God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 Give them a big round of applause. Stay here. Pastor Tom.